Welcome to 2024. With the 2024 election on the horizon, the wars in Gaza and Ukraine, and numerous other foreign policy and domestic news stories, it's never been more important to stay informed. The DSR Network has you covered, with experts across all of these stories, to bring you the analysis and commentary of the stories that matter. Later this month, the DSR Network will introduce the TNR Daily, featuring Greg Sargent, formerly of the Washington Post, and a close friend of the show. Don't miss a moment of our coverage. Become a member of the DSR Network today. Members receive exclusive bonus content, the opportunity to attend DSR live events, a members-only Slack community, an ad-free listening experience, and more. For the month of January, receive 50% off your first year of membership. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSR2024 at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSR2024. Thank you for your support. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm your co-host, David Rothko, joined by your other co-host, because that's really the way co-hosting works. My name is Chris Cottmore. How are you doing, Chris? Doing fine. Thank you. Excellent. And the other is Riley Fessler. How are you today, Riley? Doing well. So we're all here. We're all well. We're ready to give you the news of today, Tuesday. Chris, what's your lead story? Uh, the moment you've been waiting for, David, the New Hampshire primary is here. Um, oh, boy. The fine folks in Dixville, New Hampshire. Uh, Dixville voted. Notch. Dixville Sorry. Notch, New Hampshire. Yeah. Yes. My, I should know this because I'm from Massachusetts after all. Yeah. Um, they cast all six of their votes for Nikki Haley. Um, the expectation is that uh, former President Trump will win New Hampshire, but we're keeping our eyes on what happens with Nikki Haley and what that might mean for the rest of the uh, GOP primary season. Um, Meanwhile, the Democrats have organized a writing campaign for President Biden um, due to uh, changes in the Democratic primary schedule, uh, which lists South Carolina as the first state, um, New Hampshire decided to keep their date and thus has no actual uh, electoral votes to cast for President Biden. So they're writing his name in on the ballot. Um, But yeah, here we go again. Trump, Nikki Haley, uh, and you know, we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah, no, yeah, it's going to be a big shock, Chris. It's going to be a really, it's going to be a big shock. Um, uh, I think uh, Trump's going to win. Haley's going to lose. Haley's not going to be a candidate. Trump's going to be the candidate. Trump's going to run against uh, Biden. Uh, Trump will get convicted at some point between now and the election. He won't get enough votes. He'll probably lose. And then... Republicans may win the Senate, uh, so Biden won't be able to get anything done for the next four years, and the Democrats will probably win the House back. And uh, you know that's the good that's the good news story. The, you know the bad news story, of course, would be if Trump won. 
in which case we will be broadcasting this from a ship in international waters, a pirate radio ship, the Deep State Radio Explorer or something like that, uh, because otherwise uh, under Trump we will be thrown into a concentration camp. But, you know, don't don't let me help make the decisions for you. My goodness, you know, you know go out there, do whatever you, do whatever you think is right. You know what 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 could happen? It's just an election, Riley. Well, you got to admit that deep sea radio has a good ring to it. So we've already we should put the trademark in for that now for deep sea but radio. Yeah, okay. deep sea radio. Yeah, okay. And fishing. That's a nice idea. Maybe we could make some money instead of the way it works currently. <laughs> we could have deep sea radio and fishing charters, and and Captain Chris could be out there and be like, "Let's go get some tuna," and Riley will do the stories. Would be fantastic. Yeah, I, and Chris would look great in a little captain's hat. So, well, so why really why am I getting the tuna? Well, because <laughs> you're from New Hampshire, and that's like you know Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yeah, because that's what I meant, Massachusetts. You go out. That's where all the like the whaling happened, um, you know, right? Nantucket sleigh ride, Moby Dick, all that stuff was Massachusetts. Gloucester, gardens of Gloucester, <laughs> fishermen's. Um, yeah, um, it's. I, I, do we sound punchy? Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's a criminal traitor running for president, and people are actually thinking of voting for him. It's a little hard to take after a while. Riley? So there was a UN meeting yesterday uh, during which the headline story was Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov rejected just outright any peace plan that would be put forward by Kiev and the West. Um, so not all that surprising, but... You know, this comes as Lavrov criticizes Ukrainian forces, saying that they are ineffective and cannot possibly win, which uh, U.S. Deputy Ambassador Robert Wood dismissed as disinformation, emphasizing that, uh, you know, Russia is the cause of this war as they try and kind of scapegoat and say that the West's peace plan is really just a smokescreen to cover for continuing the war. Um, but... This isn't all that surprising. China during this kind of played more of a mediator, I guess you could call it, more of just playing both sides, saying we need to be careful of this war and its damage uh, to the kind of international community and emphasizing sovereignty, but clearly signaling that they want some kind of peace put forward. So Russia continues to say they want peace, but continues to be deeply unserious about getting any actual peace that is going to be palatable to Ukraine. So... Well, they're not just unserious about peace. They're destroying Ukraine. They're they're serious about war. They're serious about killing. They're serious about violating international law. They're serious about you know threatening Europe for the foreseeable future because they don't know how to run their own country and it's going down the drain. And you know when they don't have that, they like to distract with these other kinds of things. Russians, the Russian government, the people of Russia are lovely, I'm sure, all of them, except for the ones who are killing people in Ukraine and the other ones who are oligarchs and thieves and thugs. But um, but the government of Russia is just hideous. Chris? The Israeli army yesterday suffered uh, its largest number of casualties since the uh, war in Gaza began, 24 soldiers uh, killed, 21 of which were reservists. 
Um, it was a apparently a an Israeli uh, mine um, that was detonated uh, by missile fire. <clears throat> and while obviously losing 24 soldiers is tragic, let's not forget uh, the Palestinian death toll is over 25,000 uh, and counting. Um, I gotta think between the protests for hostages um, and situations like this that will continue to come up uh, that, you know, there, there there's more public outcry against um, the Israeli government. And hopefully we're, we're, you know, getting to a point where we have to talk seriously about a two-state solution. I know the rest of the world has been talking about that. Benjamin Netanyahu has not backed off. Um, you know, of it's his, just of, it's, his, it, of his assertions that that's no way to, to happen, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a terrible tragedy. What's what's going on right now? In terrible uh, in tragedy. Gaza. Two and a half times as many people have been killed as a consequence of the of the. Well, let's say let's say twenty five thousand people killed in Gaza. Let's say five six thousand of them may have been Hamas. The Israelis estimate maybe seven, eight, but let's let's say it's five or six thousand. That's twenty thousand. That means twice as many people have been killed in a few months in Gaza as have been killed since the beginning of the f- current phase of the war in Ukraine um, uh, by the Israelis. Really hideous. On the two state solution uh, uh, front, um, our friend Alon Pickus wrote a piece for her Aretz yesterday in which he said that the United States is. You know, make a mistake by talking about it as if it could happen soon. I don't think anybody in the U.S. has actually said it could happen soon. He thinks it would go down better with the Israeli people if the United States said gradually arrive at a two-state solution to you know give more indication that it was in the future, or to say uh, you know a, a demilitarized Palestinian state, which I don't think is realistic. Palestinians have any right to, to, to they want to defend themselves. Um, but it's clear that that is a long way off. The Israelis are not um, going for it. And the fact that 24 Israeli soldiers were killed in one day has the Israeli uh, media and a lot of people in Israel um, deeply, deeply upset. Of course, it's always tragic for the loss of life. Um, but I think the contrast between their reaction to the death of 24 Israeli soldiers and the death of 25,000 people in Gaza is striking. Uh, and will only build animosity towards Israel, not just within the Palestinian uh, uh, regions, uh, that, you know, in, in the West Bank and in Gaza, but also uh, throughout uh, uh, throughout the Middle East and around the world. So this is an open wound, uh, uh, and it is going to continue to separate for a long time to come. Riley? Well, this I thought this story was pretty scary. Amazon has been fined for excessive surveillance of workers in France. Uh, they were fined 32 million euros by France's data protection agency for excessive surveillance, including uh, using handheld scanners to track employee activities, including the speed of scanning items and duration of breaks. We do, we do all this. Chris and I do it just to you, Riley. But yeah. If, if there's a camera in my apartment, now's the time to, to let me know. We don't need a lot of cameras to surveil your apartment. Yeah, just just this one right we here. We just need the one there. Yeah, exactly. And and frankly, Chris and I have been meaning to speak to you about it because the surveillance has revealed you don't actually make your bed each morning. 
And we're a little troubled by that. That's not the kind of attention to detail that matters. <laughs> I need to clearly yeah. tilt my camera away from my bed to hide my, <laughs> right. hide my shame. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. But, Sorry to interrupt your seriously. No, you're fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's monitoring breaks in three di- in two different ways. One for breaks that are one to 10 minutes and then breaks that are 10 minutes plus. Um, and they say this is for training workers, uh, but come on, the the agency has ruled that this these is clearly are, too much data. Are animals. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that Chris hates all big tech with a passion um, <laughs> for a reason. You know, these are the monster, you know, octopi of today. You know, the robber barons of today controlling these companies with hideous um, stories, and and there's one coming up in a minute. That's even worse than this. Um, but we, you know, there are ways to get around this. And one of them is the way that we use, which is no breaks. You know, then then you don't have to monitor people's breaks because you don't get any breaks. You know, you just keep working. Right? Right, Chris? Isn't that the way to do it? It's exactly right. It's perfect. Exactly right. We're exactly right. We use the same HR people who were involved in building the pyramids. Somebody falls under one of those big blocks. Keep moving. Keep moving. There's a pyramid to build here. Go on, Chris. I have to rethink my career choices. Um, <laughs> Turkey. You're the president. You're the man. You're in charge of these HR policies. Come on. Don't blame it on others like me. Anyway, go, go on. Uh after a 20-month wait, Turkey is expected to uh, approve Sweden's accession to NATO uh, following last year's approval of Finland. Um, it's pretty ridiculous that we've been held up by uh, such a great leader in, in President Erdogan. Um, but, you know, positive news for Sweden. Uh, and... <laughs> You know, it's 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 long overdue. Bottom line, long overdue. We could, you know, we could some point see rethinking a few of the members of, of NATO. The Turks and the Hungarians have not been super helpful, and uh, you know they want to have it both ways. They want to sort of be part of the European community in the Atlantic Alliance uh, in in whatever ways they possibly can, but they don't want to maintain the same values, uh, or actually work for the common defense, uh, Sweden will be a great addition to NATO. So, I trust, will Ukraine be sometime soon? Um, That is, you know, if folks, it's hard, you know, there's a lot of debate about what's going on in Ukraine, where the, you know, how long they fight, where the borders are, et cetera, et cetera. If at the end of the war, Ukraine is part of NATO and part of the EU, are on the track to be either. It will enhance the security of Ukraine. It will enhance the security of NATO. And it will be a defeat for Russia. And so those things, those are the most important things at stake in this case. Okay, Riley, what else do you know that's really terrible about big tech? Well, yeah, turning to our favorite robber baron, Elon Musk, uh, and his current tour to prove that he is not an anti-Semite. He's the, he is, he's the Vivek Ramaswamy <laughs> robber barons. Yeah. Uh, he visited, so he's visited Israel recently, but then the headline grabber uh, today is that he visited Auschwitz and, and another move showing that he must love the taste of his own foot. 
he said that he is aspirationally Jewish during the trip. Nope. Buzz, speaking on behalf of the Jews, no, not going to happen. Anyway, go on. I I speak on behalf of all Jews in rejecting his aspiration. Get going. The the direct quote is, two-thirds of my friends are Jewish. I'm Jewish by association. I'm aspirationally Jewish, which, you know, I don't think that's really how it works. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. um, And this just reminded me of when Marjorie Taylor Greene had to visit the Holocaust Museum to prove that she is not an anti-Semite. It's just like, I'm not sure who these tours are for and who is convinced by the fact that they visit these places and then see the no, light. This is, this is like Jew washing. This is like, you know, just trying to appear not to be an anti-Semite, but go to X, see how many Nazis are on X, see who's let them in personally, see who has taken uh, Nazi and anti-Semitic uh, tropes and memes and amplified them. Um, uh, see who continues to say things that are anti-Semitic, like you know attacks on George Soros or um, uh, you know uh, b- buying into uh, accusations that the Jews control this or that. Guy's an anti-Semite. He defiles a place like Auschwitz by going there because it will be accepting anti-Semitism on large social media platforms that fuels the future violent acts against Jews uh, that he uh, allegedly uh, is disappointed by. And honestly, are we, are we in the era of some of my best friends are Jewish as a defense? Seriously? Seriously? No, we're, we're not, we're not going to accept that. The nominees today announced by the Academy for best picture, American fiction, anatomy of a fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, and The Zone of Interest, speaking of Auschwitz, uh, which is a very interesting uh, kind of disturbing movie about the commandant of Auschwitz living on the camp, uh, uh, just outside the camp in an idyllic little house with his family while inside, you know, what is going on. Uh, Have you seen any of these films, Chris? Uh, Yeah, Barbie. And Oppenheimer, and that's probably about it. Uh, do you care to make a prediction as to which will win Best Picture? Yeah, Oppenheimer's going to win. Correct. Oppenheimer is going to win. Riley, what did, do you have a different point of view? Uh, I've seen all of. I've seen Barbie, Oppenheimer, and The Holdovers, um, and Oppenheimer's definitely going to win. Or Killers of the Flower Moon, which I have no. not seen, but I really want to. Killers of the Flower Moon is overindulgent, as is you know all recent Martin Scorsese stuff. There's good stuff in it. It's way too long. American Fiction is one of those nominees. It's a funny movie and deserves you know some recognition. Not going to win. It's a, you know getting nominated is its win. Anatomy of a Fall, interesting foreign movie, procedural really about a dispute over whether a man committed a murder or suicide. Barbie was quite an achievement as comedies go, but not the kind of movie that wins. Uh, Best Picture, The Holdovers, was one of those small movies about a college or a prep school uh, that happens every few years, was perfectly lovely, ridiculous that it is nominated as Best Picture. Killers of the Flower Moon was always going to get nominated because, you know, where Scorsese is in his life and so forth. Um, 
Maestro was overblown and kind of ridiculous, although the big section in the middle where they do Mahler's Second Symphony in the cathedral is really quite moving. And Carrie Mulligan gives a fabulous performance as 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 the wife of uh, um, Leonard Bernstein. Uh, Past Lives is a lo- absolutely lovely little small um, uh, movie about a romance between two people, one of whom but who meet in Korea and then one moves to the uh, Canada and then the U.S. and it's it's a great movie. I really couldn't recommend it more. Poor Things is brilliantly, weirdly comic and probably the most interesting of all of these movies, but won't win for all those reasons. Oppenheimer is the kind of big. Um, you know, very good, uh, beautifully uh, edited and and uh, directed uh, movie um, that should win. But you know, it is a, you know it's about you know inventing the atomic bomb and doesn't really get into the moral issues associated with that to any great length. Zone of interest is again one of those sop things. Uh, best director definitely goes to Christopher Nolan of Oppenheimer. Best actress will go to Lily Gold's Gladstone of Killers of the Flower Moon, because that's the way all the prior prior awards have gone. But really, honestly, should go to Carrie Mulligan and Maestro. Best actor, Bradley Cooper's performance is, I believe, actively bad in Maestro. Uh, Chillian Murphy of uh, Oppenheimer will win that. Uh, uh, If you want to know what we think for best sound, best production design and so forth, you know, text us directly. We're very happy to provide you uh, with the answers uh, for um, all of those things, um, I, I guess I'll give you the, the final two acting. Divine Joy Randolph for the Holdovers will win, um, and Best Supporting Actor uh, Robert Downey Jr. won for Oppenheimer for the Golden Globes. I'm going to give give it to Mark Ruffalo. For poor things, there you go. That's you know that's what you wanted on the entertainment news front because what because you know we're here to provide you with all that plus war in Ukraine, war in Israel, and anti-Semitism from big tech moguls because uh, that's the world. That's the world we deliver, and we'll give you more of it tomorrow and each and every day. Uh, until then, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Riley. Thank you, everybody for listening and. Uh, Have a good day. Bye-bye.